Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. This is part two of the uh, uh, podcast that I published on Friday listen to your inner voice. It did not take me 13 seconds before getting off that podcast to realize that yes, I'd completely not finished one of my train of thoughts. And quite honestly, unless uh, more come to me during the middle of this podcast, please feel free to email me or message me through the Facebook pages, Living Well 8, Living Well with Shell at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. And I will be happy to pick up another thread in case I forgot one. But it was interesting. I literally finished it, was just putting in the intro extra music to publish it and it was like I never carried on about why I was telling the story about our rental home or a new home that we live in and moving to between the two suites. Anyone listening to that podcast is probably going and what's next? That's okay. You know what? Obviously I maybe I had more to say about this and uh, since I also was struggling with wordage during that podcast I have used my Young Living oils today called Clarity and Rosemary. Did you know that Rosemary actually can really improve memory? So it's something I keep in my office uh, right by my computer and I inhale it in the mornings. Um, and then usually, hopefully, it just it passes the blood-brain barrier. Essential oils are one of those things that, unlike pharmaceuticals, pl- pass the blood-brain barrier. So they affect you fairly quickly and fairly immediately. And that is a very good thing. That is a very, very good thing. So hopefully I won't struggle quite as much as I did on that podcast. But anyways, let's carry on. So I was talking about uh, left and right brain. I'm just going to do a little recap. Just in case you're listening to this podcast and you didn't listen to the last one. About listening to your inner voice. I had read some stuff from my meditation book about listening to that inner voice. And I sort of went off on an extrapolation of being left brain, right brain, whether you're a creative type person or a uh, logical type person, I am seriously a logical type person. That's why I appreciate creativity in the world around me because I'm lacking it so desperately. Um, And doing what you need to do. Our brains natter on, our subconscious and our inner voice is more in tune to the universe around us. But if we do not get disciplined about listening to it, we don't hear all the nuances. Okay, because really we're programmed about money by, they say now, but by the age of six or eight, we are programmed by the age of three with some hardwired things that we've picked up as children. And it may not even be some, some of it could be negative or positive, but negative. Our parents probably didn't even, you don't have to come from an abusive background to have truly negative wiring. You may just have experienced something through the filter of a three-year-old and have hung on to that misplaced belief for your entire life. It's just fascinating, actually, when you're doing uh, psychological work. What exactly uh, comes up in therapy or in letting stuff go and healing, that sort of thing. To th- And you think, well, where did that even come from? I could extrapolate on that for hours, I'm sure, and none of it might be real. The point is that what we do know is these things are in place and we do get hardwired in a certain way. And I truly believe it's just our job as we grow as people and become more aware, those of us that are on that journey, and I I know that the people listening to me on this podcast have made a a conscious effort to become more aware. Otherwise, honestly, I don't, why would you listen to me? (laughs) Because that's what I speak about, about not living in regret. Why would you? Why would you join me? Because we want to be more aware. We want to know what out there can feed us and 
make us the better people and the best people that we can be. I saw a great saying the other day, and uh, how did it go? Something about you can't help someone else unless you help yourself first. We've always had the attitude, you know, through the 80s and 90s, it seemed, and even in prior to that in different cultures, that it always has to be about someone else. And this is very hard for people, uh, even like myself, that have the gift of service. Or if you have a Enneagram or a personality trait that's about giving and you're always a martyr, uh, that can actually become very negative in your later life because you'll start feeling like a victim and a martyr and people aren't giving to you. So you have this innate need in yourself, uh, some personality types, to be doing for others. And that is unfortunately a personality type that, that can become very abused and very bitter. So be aware of that about yourself, but don't turn it off. You know what? I've been taken and, and used by people in my life and made poor decisions. But as I've aged, I've come to the conclusion that I am not going to harden my heart so that I don't get taken advantage of because I can't live that way. I discovered that in my 40s, that I cannot live with a hard heart. And if it means that every now and then I get suckered in and taken advantage of, a bad Ponzi scheme, a network marketing company I shouldn't have touched, someone, friends come into my life and use and abuse me and then they leave, do you know what? No one to blame but myself. But there's lessons to be learned there and I just made a decision that I'd rather be too trusting. I want to believe that people can change, that the world is a good place. And it's not. Bottom line is the world is not a good place. I live in a country that is phenomenal and the more I travel the world and get to know people from other countries I just realize how freaking lucky we are you don't need to be anything other than awake to know what's going on in the world because it's on every media outlet we're bombarded with the negativity every day and all the tr trials in other countries that haven't evolved that still have backwards way of thinking that are still uh, have religious persecution and gender inequality. I'm sorry those things are all still going on and they're going to go on for generations to come. Everyone just hasn't progressed at the same rate. And I live in a country that's pretty spectacular and I am very, very grateful for it. Do we have issues? Darn straight we do. But the point here is to believe in the betterment, to believe that it can be better. And I choose to be that person. Don't get me wrong, I have my days. I truly have my days. But during an episode that happened in my late 40s when I got taken advantage of again and made a bad decision in a business, I decided that, you know what? It wasn't going to harden my heart. So you have to make those decisions. So I was speaking in my last podcast about listening to her inner voice and understanding who you are as a person. There's lots of great things out there. You can take uh, a course called The Sacred Gifts, understand what comes innately to you. You can take go online to the Enneagram and they can do it. You can do a test. I think you can even pay $10 and do a really in-depth test, which I did years ago. I've done it a couple of times over the years. I'm always an Enneagram 3. It never changed. 2, 3. I'm a an achiever. Just It's never going to change, even with my illness and the fact that my personality and everything about me has changed so drastically since getting sick three years ago. I've realized in the last uh, six months or so that that part of me is never going to change. And that's why I'm doing this podcast to talk about the house. I went into great depth in my last podcast about this home we bought two years ago. We had to move. I, I just, I wasn't, I lost my, I'd stopped working in my business. I got very sick and couldn't bring in the income. And we lived in a home that had, was very expensive to live in. That's all there was to it. It was beautiful, but it was, it was costly. And, um, and that needed to change. We got lucky. We were able to find a home. I just, it was the grace of God. I'm sorry. It just was. We'd actually already purchased a small townhouse that would have put us mortgage free, playing safe a mile up the road. 
but I live in this amazing neighborhood. The children here call me Auntie Shelley or Miss Shelley. I have amazing friends here and I didn't want to give that up. My husband just loves it here. He has found his place in the world here and we just weren't ready for that change. And the, at the final hour, a property came available that wasn't even on the market and had no idea it was going on the market that had rental suites in it. We, we came here and the accountant in me, there's that logical side of me again, said, my husband was like, we have to do this. And he knows me. So there was an emotional attachment for him wanting to stay in the neighborhood. But there was, for me, he had to appeal to my money sense because I'm the one that's good with money in this marriage. That's just, everyone has their strengths. That's mine. And, and we don't fight about it. Keith and I argue sometimes, uh, but we don't really fight about money because he recognizes that I'm the one that looks after it. And we've always been very fortunate that way. I think that is one of those things that, uh, that I have to be very, very grateful for. He's pathetic with money, just pathetic with it. And money means nothing to him as well, which can be a negative. But for me as a person that is very generous, I'm so grateful because I could not live with a skin flint. I could not live with someone that counted every penny and was a cheapskate and didn't give to others. I just could not live that way. So you, you always have to balance in your life. That is why it's so important to know who you are as a person and to understand what the universe brings to you. I sometimes wish I had an achiever for a husband, but as a lot of my inner circle have told me, and so what, then you've got someone competing with you 24 seven. That is a very valid point. I've got a supporter as a husband. He's a very guy's guy and very strong personality, a big man, but he always supports what I'm doing. I'm sort of the driver in a lot of what goes on in, in our investments and what goes on in our life. And he supports that part of my personality. So I guess the question is, did, did I need that more than I needed someone that was like me? And as a little joke, little segue, I dated myself years ago in my uh, early 30s. Someone now, not like an achiever, but someone that was like me personality-wise, very high-strung, very outgoing, very extroverted. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was a nightmare. It was six weeks of the most intense relationship I've ever had. And it was so fast and furious and it burnt out so quickly because I couldn't live with myself. I forgot, I don't even know how my husband lives with me some days. So that's always, know that about yourself. And... Here's my little two bits on relationships, which is not what this podcast is about. Be very careful that you don't start thinking when you're in a long-term relationship that the grass is greener on the other side. It never is. It's just always greener over the septic tank because there's poop there. So just be very careful that you know yourself. And when you are making decisions, um, listen to the universe. That's actually a very good point, a very good lead into what I want to talk about. We have lived in the basement suite of this home for two years. It's a home that has three separate suites uh, through some zoning issues with the previous owner. She couldn't, because they didn't live here anymore. Uh, the two basement suites in the bottom got joined into one and we live in, in the full extent of that. So I have lots of room, just not open space. And it's still a basement suite. And we live in a part of the country where it's a bit dark. So it can be a little depressing. And I struggle with those things in my life. I struggle with my moods and things. So financially and lifestyle wise, it has been best to stay where we are. The renter was already in place upstairs when we bought the home and we needed to settle. I needed to settle. But I've also spent the last six months doing a lot of work on myself. Uh, the last year, there's been a lot of changes. I can see another vision for my life despite my illness in the next year. And the funny thing was my husband has started getting to that point as well. He's sort of, you know, getting to that sense of, you know, the renter 
she's a single mom upstairs not really even a single mom her children are grown but one of them is still in university living there with her she doesn't work and um she kind of hibernates there and, and that bothers my husband for some reason i do not know why she's to me the perfect renter we never see her never hear from her she pays her rent and she's never in our face she's a lovely lady but she's a hibernator and sometimes my husband struggles with that because she lives in this beautiful suite up would be once we got it this huge deck that's empty there's no furniture on it there's no outside living they don't enjoy the property now to me we do so not having anyone competing with our outside space and in our in our stuff is wonderful but he is starting to to tip that that's not, not that's not his driving force anymore so that just kind of it's just kind of interesting how people your mind changes about things now here's where I'm at with things and I've just kind of come to this conclusion uh, recently we were going to give our renter notice this year actually really in the next 60 days or would have given her her notice already to move in the next 60 days and renovate upstairs over the summer well some money that we thought was coming in didn't come in and uh it, it it stopped us and we thought oh maybe the timing just isn't right right now we can make this happen but I was also it wasn't just about the money I was listening to the universe at large because that has been a big focus of mine and I kind of put the money out there as being the catalyst there's a there's a court case from an investment that was a Ponzi scheme that we got taken advantage of in that could repay us our investment um, some family money was coming to us uh, work there was just some other options that we thought maybe these were signs you know how you're looking at things around you and you should you should always the universe isn't you know there's the joke I grew up in a really Christian household and the joke about the man that's in a town that's being flooded and so the police come by in the car and say you know we're here to take you to Safeway and the uh, Safeway safety and the man says no God will save me and so uh, he's in his now his street floods and the cars can't come so he's in the top level of his house the bottom is now flooded and a boat comes by and says sir you need to leave the city it's underwater he says nope God will save me next thing we know the waters keep rising and he's on the roof of his house and a helicopter comes by and says this is your last chance sir we're evacuating the city you need to come and he says nope God will save me well the water covers the house the man drowns and now he's standing in front of St. Peter and he says Lord I don't understand what happened I I had faith and you didn't rescue me and God looks at him and says I sent you a police car a boat and a helicopter what the more freak do you want <laughs> I've always found that joke highly entertaining because that is what happens sometimes when we get on a single path of thinking we think that miracle is going to come in our time in our language in our way because again like my po last podcast we talk about how the mind has a an opinion a set path and an attitude that man was not listening to his heart he was not in tune with the universe or what God was trying to tell him he had a black and white version of what being saved by God was gonna look like well that's great but he died and God tried <laughs> so these are the things I'm talking about when I'm talking about how we had these other things going on and investments coming due and this court there were ways that money could have come to us that would simply have just paid for the reno despite going into our mortgage and saying we want to beautify our home and we're willing to make this investment into our home we thought it might be signs well things changed and then it was like okay no I guess not would you know what the no came as a bit as a depressant to me and I'm like oh okay because I really want to move upstairs my husband does not did not so I realized the timing wasn't right and to let it go and I did 
over the hol- over last October when I realized this money wasn't going to come and the court case was going to drag on for another year and a half. It was like, hmm, okay. Well, let's, you know, I'm happy where I am. Maybe I'll start painting some of the rooms because I'm not a big fan of everything cream on cream and gray in this in this basement suite. It's If you love uh, cool tones, you would love my home. I'm a warm tone person. I'm all about the warmth. Stonework, wood floor. That is how I live. I built a house like that. And I also have come to realize that those are the things that make me happy. They appeal to my sense of peace. So know that about yourself as well. And I, I maybe wouldn't have been as clear on that if I had not moved into a home that was all white and gray, okay? It's beautifully color-coordinated. It's lovely, but it's just, to me, it's just boring and cold. And being a basement suite, as lovely as it is, uh, it's still a little dark. Now, my office is my favorite room because it's windows all out onto my back garden. But the upstairs suite in our home is windows all onto a front garden because it's elevated. Or my property has different elevations. So the basement's been dug out partially, but at the back of the house, I'm good. But the rest of my house in the basement, the small picture, little uh, wind, uh, peekaboo windows, things like that. So it's, it's a bit dark in the winter. And I live in a place on the planet that is gray. The lower mainland of Vancouver, British Columbia is gray and rainy five months of the year, sometimes more. <laughs> so if you deal with mood disorders like I do, it can be a bit depressing. And I can see why people as they age and why my parents are snowbirds why we're going to retire to a different place. We're leaving the the lower mainland in the next 10 or 15 years. We'll be moving to the Okanagan Valley. Uh, I don't care if the winters are a little harsher. I just need sunshine every day. And I have friends that all live there and other people that are going to be joining us. So we're just going to take our little friendship circle and move it all up five hours into the interior of British Columbia. Yay team. I don't need to be in retirement in the hubbub of business in the world in the Vancouver. I'm grateful for my time here, but my needs and, and my life are, are changing. So I was speaking about the basement suite. Now it was interesting because the last month or so, my husband has started changing his attitude. He's like, you know what? It drives me a little crazy that there is a grown boy upstairs that doesn't bring the garbage in and he doesn't clean off their deck. He kind of waits on our renter hand and foot. And I'm still really, I'm still okay with it. Like I say, we don't hear from her. The rent's paid. It's really, we're very, very fortunate. And she's a lovely lady. But these kind of little things are just kind of bugging my husband. Not a big deal and not a reason, but maybe that's how the universe is speaking to him. And this is the epiphany I have had the last little bit. My husband's health has declined greatly since we've moved into this property and it's really bothered me because it should have been the other way. Living on a, we have, this is almost three quarters of an acre that we live on. And unlike our old property, it was half an acre and only a third of it was usable. This property is fully flat right out to the back and is a huge amount of work. So I figured that would keep him fit, keep him slim. But no, my husband is, he's, he's eating habits are poor. He's drinking more than he used to drink and he's hibernating. He watches hours of TV every night. We don't have the life we used to have when we lived in our old home. And I realized just recently, it's not about the money. We used to have expendable income. So every time my husband got a little depressed or got the weather got to him, I just booked him a trip to Vegas or took him down to Mexico or Hawaii. We had the money for that. We don't anymore. And so it's been sort of interesting. And then with me being sick, I was, I've been spending the past two years trying to get myself adjusted and trying to find my even keel and find therapies that keep me functioning, getting myself back to work. Lots of interesting things. Well, I do work now and I have coaching that's taking me in a new direction. But what I've noticed is, and this is the important part about knowing yourself, you know, right brain, left brain, what motivates you, what drives you. 
I am feeling depressed a little bit living in this basement suite because it's still a basement suite. And I'm 51 years of age. I built, I had built a beautiful home. I don't entertain like I used to because you can't have people here. There's just the place is too small. All the rooms are tiny. Um, one or you know, one, two couples at the most. My granddaughter's here. My son, whatever. That's all great. But I can't throw parties unless it's in the summertime and it's all in the backyard. That sort of thing. Well, upstairs has an open floor plan, and it's just wonderful for entertaining. But it's a gut job upstairs. Like walls have to come down. Bathrooms have to be gutted. It's pretty bad. But the fact that my husband's mental opinion of this is changing I think it's a good thing because I truly believe a little bit that this basement suite mentality of not having to achieve anything is playing on his psyche as well because it's certainly playing on mine now I'm a big fan of uh, sort of tradition and and uh I forgot the word in the last podcast the other day and I'm going to forget it now too um for instance I like I like uh no it's it's gone I like to have a glass of wine and I don't drink it in a plastic cup, okay? I drink wine that I've aged. I like a good crystal wine glass. I like the ceremony. There's the word again. I like the ceremony of life. I like to have beautiful things around me. I'm not super materialistic, but I do like beautiful things. I'm certainly not a clutter bug. I'm a bit of a hoarder. I'm not, that's so true. Uh, but usually for things that I, I can use, or might put it to use as the expression goes, but you won't come into my house and find shelves and shelves of knickknacks and things like that. One, I don't want to dust it, but that doesn't appeal to me. That's my logical side, not my creative side, which is kind of a shame. So I usually rely on friends coming and giving me great ideas of how to decorate and things like that. It's not my forte. I'm about movement of people. Keith and I no longer cook in the kitchen together because we have a galley kitchen. And if I even go in the kitchen when he is warming something up or he's making breakfast, he literally flips a lid. He gets so snotty. It ruins the mood for the whole day. Where we've, we used to have a really big, beautiful kitchen with um, dual sinks and a dual oven and a, big, you know, and a big island that you moved around. So cooking and food used to be really important to us. Well, my husband's now kind of eating crap again and eating too much of it. He's gained 50 pounds since we've moved into this house. He is very unhealthy. He is a little bit unhappy. And he's just not himself. And I realized that I think the environment around him is what's causing some of it. For myself, I love my office. It's my favorite room in the house because it's bright and airy and it's beautiful. If I could have had, had an office like this in my old home, that just would have been spectacular. But the rest of my home was like this. Big windows, looked out on the street, had great neighbors. I have great neighbors. So it's interesting understanding what's affecting you emotionally. That's why I'm telling you all this. This is very personal and, and probably my girlfriend Berta once again will be like, oh, TMI, Shelly, you're being too transparent. No, I don't think I am, especially in this situation. If you can't relate or, or um, look at yourself this closely, you won't understand yourself either. So it's really come to my attention in the last little bit that I am hiding out in this house. My friends, my close friends, acquaintances are not the people to go to for these types of, of um, advice, okay? Or if you have people, even if they're very close to you, that live in a poverty mentality. Now, I have a very good girlfriend that I adore, but she has been born and raised and she lives in poverty mentality. So her attitude is, why would you ever want to move upstairs and spend money when you're perfectly okay just where you are? That's great for some people, but if you know yourself, you've got to work with your personality. What is my personality? I'm an achiever. 
I know that about myself. What I've had to struggle with is to calm that down and learn to listen to my intuition, to listen to learn, listen to my, my spirit. I have a gift of service. That doesn't mean that I wait on everyone and be abused. It just means that I, it gives me joy to have people over and to look after them. That is a fabulous, fabulous gift for me. And if it gets taken advantage of every now and then, I am fine with that because I get a lot of joy out of it. I have a gift of knowledge. Therefore, every time my husband looks at me and says, those books are useless, they need to go. I just look at him and say, when the books go, you go. <laughs> it's kind of a marital joke. I'm not serious. But the books stay. Like I, if I had my way, I'd have a formal library with big overstuffed reading chairs. And, you know, if I ever built another beautiful custom-built home and had the money, it would have a formal library. These are the things that I love and they give me joy. So unfortunately, coming into this home, I needed this break and so did my husband, but there is no joy living in the home that we live in. We enjoy our yard and our neighborhood and our granddaughter loves it here, but we are missing joy in our life. And it's really only just become apparent to me in the last little while. It's like, oh, and then because it's missing, the question is, why is it missing? And thisness isn't necessarily about material things. This is about how you view the world. Now, Keith and I are outdoor people and we love nature. So being buried in a basement suite, this is very anti what we love in our lives. We cannot see nature. We are not looking at it on a constant basis. Whereas upstairs with those beautiful picture windows, we would be okay. We are not able to entertain. My husband is a huge entertainer. There is a 600 square foot deck above this office that is attached to the upper suite that sits empty. We power wash it every year for the renter and there is a barbecue sitting under the eaves and not a stick of furniture on it. I would have that decorated out with a completely outdoor living space. I've done it before in two homes. I would do it again. So are you following me on my train of thought on this? So yes, some of that may require money, but it, that's not the point that I want you to get to. The point is understanding what you need. Now, I needed to heal. I was given this freaking diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Everything in my life went away. My squash went away. My exercising went away. I, uh, my love of wine, I got nausea. I have a low-grade nausea all, pretty much all the time now. I live in pain. It's just not the same as how I used to live. But I've got a granddaughter who is six and my, her father, my son, lives out of the country now. And so he only sees her other than they Skype once a week, but he only sees her five times a year in person now. And that's going to go on for a couple of years until he migrates home in three years. That is a tough thing for a little one. So we are her family on this side. You know, Grandpa and I, we're the ones that do adventures with her. We spend time with her. That is our role right now. Perhaps we're filling a role where another parent is dropping the ball that yes, but that doesn't change the reality. Okay. Sometimes we have to put judgment aside and just deal with the consequences of what's going on in front of us. I have noticed that although I was the one that wanted to go upstairs last year and was wanting to put those plans in place, the timing might not have been right. And I had my reasons for doing it, but I also, the thought of moving and renovating was overwhelming. Because I would have been doing it now, just after tax season, before I even started my coaching. I have not even gotten into the, the, the uh, down and dirty parts of my coaching yet with my coach, um, who's giving me more room than I can possibly even tell you. That will, that will happen. Timing just hasn't worked out that way and I can't overwhelm myself or I'll just get sick again. So we need to work within our own parameters. So I, was, I started recognizing it about myself and going, okay, but when? 
I left it alone. Now, all of a sudden, the universe, I truly believe, is talking, but he's talking through my husband, who's like, you know what? I think we need to, I think we need to move upstairs. And I'm laughing, going, really? Now, our renter, in this economy, I could easily be getting an extra $300 a month rent. But if I did that, I know I'd have to spend a $5,000 painting upstairs and updating because it's really not great up there. So they're not, I'm not ahead of the game by putting my renter out and renting, raising the rent. But if we move up, the, up there, then downstairs just gets rented for that. And downstairs is, is perfectly fine. It's a beautiful suite down here. But it's not meeting our needs right now. So it's interesting. Like I said, I backed away and left it. And then the universe went to work. Because I truly believe for my husband and I, we need to be in an environment. Now, upstairs is much tinier. We'll be, we'll be having to rearrange some things around here and deciding what we want to live and not live with. Because upstairs is only 1,100 square feet. We'll be turning it into a two-bedroom home, open floor plan, beautiful kitchen. But those are the things that we love. Like Keith and I actually have separate bedrooms. We sleep in the same bed in his bedroom, but none of my things are in that room because the bedrooms are tiny. So our guest room is my bedroom, my dresser, my clothes, that is my room. And I sleep there when he's snoring or when I'm sick. It is our guest room when people come over, but we do not no longer live in the same bedroom. I just have really found that after two years, I don't think that's healthy either. We're a very connect, have always been a very connected couple and living separately has actually caused some marital issues over the last year or so. We've worked through it. But I can see these little things, these little lifestyle choices that are se always separating us. We no longer have the same bedroom, the same bathroom. We no longer cook together. We don't entertain together. And we don't travel like we used to. It's causing a rift. It is well, it's taking away my motivation to do more in my life. Because the bottom line is I believe in work and reward. And I can hide out downstairs. I really don't, you know, I just have to work in my other business. I don't have to excel. I don't have to step beyond my comfort zone to live the way we're living right now. We're hibernating down in this bedroom suite, in this basement suite. Renters up, a renter upstairs is paying our mortgage. And we're really contributing very little to the world at large. And to be perfectly honest, that's not quite how I'm wired. And neither is my husband, although I don't think he recognizes it quite as clearly as I do. But I recognize it in him. It's one of the reasons I was very attracted to him and one of the reasons I married him. Because as a team, we're quite amazing together. And we have lost that edge. We've lost that magic. Now, for him, it manifested with weight gain and poor health. And he's not active anymore. For me, it manifested with being antisocial and... and uh, and hiding out down, down here and not getting on with my new business and getting things accomplished. You see what I'm saying? That's my situation. Now I need you to kind of try and put some of those things into your brain and look at your own life and say, are you living a life or making choices or living in a manner that feeds you? Because if you're not being fed and you're not giving back, you are truly, is, in my opinion, are not living to the best of your potential. No man is an island. And I, I understand that there's introverts and I understand there's people that just don't like people. Uh, that's fine. But as a whole, as a human race, we can't live isolated like that because we won't move forward. That is how, with everything going on in the world today and all the ugliness that goes on, because people segregate themselves. It's my way or the highway. You know, you're the sinner. I'm the saint. You're bad. I'm good. You're black. I'm white. I live here. You live there. 
I'm educated, you're not. Are you following this train of thought? That is divisional thinking. And it's not feeding your soul. So the question is, what does feed your soul? We're big water people. We have always lived near water. Uh, our vacation homes that we've owned in the past, our investments have all been on water. It is where we're happiest. And when we vacation, unless we're going to the desert and sitting by a pool, we're by water. So Keith and I were very clear on that when, when we were much younger, that that was very important to us. We are water babies. He's a fisherman and uh, has just bought himself a little car topper boat and and uh, because he's, he's, we had a big theft before Christmas and his motor got stolen and a whole, our, our sheds were just, it was un unbelievable what they took. It was a huge insurance claim. We still cannot believe actually these people cleaned us out like this. Well, not everything needed to be replaced. Uh, we had duplicates of some things and we have a different lifestyle now. So we redirected some of the funds and he got himself this little boat. And he has to, re and the motor was was for his, his bigger boat, but it'll go on the little boat now. So these things were in place and he's like, He's getting his things in place that make him happy. And that is such a good thing. And now he's talking about going upstairs. And it's interesting because when he started speaking about it, it started opening my mind as to why that was probably important for us. And it's really not about, it's not about the status. We're still living in the same house, whatever. It's the fact that we have certain needs and requirements as human beings. And in our current situation, we're in hibernation and healing mode. But that now needs to change. We're going to be coming out of that mode in the next six months. I can see the things in place now. It's honestly, it's, it's so clear for me now that probably by next February will be a very good time for us to do a two-month reno and move before summer starts. So summer of 2018, I will be upstairs, hopefully, with a beautifully decorated deck and back to entertaining again. That is something fabulous to look forward to in my world. Now, the only thing that might change that is there may be some economic change that says this property is worth a small fortune and someday it might be subdividable and would it make sense for us to drop money into renovating when we should just dump it and move? Who knows? You don't know the answer to all those questions at the time. The only thing I can advise you is to know yourself, be aware of what's going around uh, on around you. And actually, I'll podcast this on one of these, on one of these days, is you need to be open when the opportunities arrive. Now, I talked to my nephew about this years ago when his uncle, Keith is, my husband is his uncle, and I just love my nephew. And Landon and I were speaking one day about opportunities. And this was back in the day, at the beginning of our marriage, when Keith and I were investing and had properties. That was, we didn't get to where we are with our T4 income. We th were outside the box thinkers and we were investing and purchasing and selling, had vacation homes that we not only used, but we also were flipping them, blah, blah, blah. We had a very busy life 15 years ago. And I just was telling Landon, he says, how do you, and actually I don't understand. I says, well, this was the deal. It may not seem like a lot of money, but I always had $10,000 in the bank, little savings. And I never let, I never spent that down to nothing. And I had, I had my parents help me buy my first condo and I always had equity. When you have equity in cash, when opportunities present themselves, you have options. It doesn't mean you have to take the opportunity, but if you are living paycheck to paycheck, your, your mortgage is maxed to the allowable allowability of the bank and everything, every credit card and every line of credit is overdrawn, you have no position to take advantage of things the universe may give you to get ahead because you're already maxed out. 
So if you can change your way of thinking and how you handle money and how you handle your life, then you need to be open to you. When the opportunities present themselves, you can look at that opportunity and say, am I willing to risk what I've saved over here and put aside to make that happen? Because we're talking about calculate, everything's a risk, but you want it to be a calculated risk, not a crapshoot, okay? We don't do that with our finances. You do that in Vegas for fun, not with your finances and certainly not with your future and your retirement. So hopefully that makes sense to you that it's just about being being open to the opportunities and being in a position that you can take advantage of them. And I, you know, I just, I was raised with an attitude of no debt and, and savings. So I, I was that way. My husband, not at all. Fully always in debt, spent everything he had. He had nothing. But again, I spoke, I spoke, I spoke, it other than this podcast to the last one about what a supporting and supporter he was to my achieving and I couldn't we couldn't have done what we did together if he hadn't been his personality supporting my type of personality we just we just wouldn't have we would have always been competing if we both were huge achievers that's not to say that achievers cannot marry each other and have great relationships but in my particular case I wonder what that might have been like with some of my emotional issues I needed support that just seemed to be what the universe knew I needed and the and God gave it to me so I was very fortunate so the the big thing about knowing yourself and and making you sure, sure you're in a position is to to be able to take advantage of what the universe gives you and to celebrate I didn't make a point of this and I do want to because I'm a person that likes to celebrate the wins now, we've lived downstairs for two years now. I truly believe that after this next year, we will have paid our dues. And that's how I look at this, because this was a huge downgrade from our old house. We, will, we may never have back what we had before. And that is fine. We eat well. I'm clothed. We do still take vacations. They're just not quite as often. And uh, mainly, they're just not as often as they used to be. But you know what? Time goes a lot faster when you're older. So the fact that I'm not running out the door on a plane every two or three months is really not that big deal because let me tell you how quickly two and a half months, two or three months goes by at our age. But at 20, you know, it seems like forever, but it doesn't anymore. So your lifestyle changes and that can change with it. So I like to celebrate. Now we have done the work. We have healed. We've got our lives back in order and I am moving forward. I'm back working. Things are very different now. And it's time, I think, to raise the bar and to elevate ourselves into the next level of what we want to accomplish in our lives. And for me, part of that emotionally is moving upstairs and having the type of home that I used to have. A large bedroom that we both live in, a bathroom that we share and a kitchen that we cook in together and share with other people. Those things are huge driving forces for us. They may not be for you at all. In fact, it was interesting. My girlfriend Terry and her husband Liam are building this gorgeous home in, up in Penticton. It's our wine country, the Okanagan Valley, where I talked about retiring to. And when she was describing, when I was telling her how I'd had this epiphany, how I hate living in gray and white, she goes, oh, you're going to hate our new house. I'm like, I've seen their design. It's stunning. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm going to love your new house. And I'm going to come visit lots because I know I have my own bedroom. And we're going to come and drink wine on your deck and look out over the lake. It's just, it's a stunning view property. But I said, sweetheart, that doesn't mean that I want to live with those colors. I'm going to enjoy them because I love beautiful things. I just know what feeds my soul and I need the warmth of greens and warms and to uh, tones, taupes and browns, wood tones, uh, rock work. And I need those all in warm colors. I need the color of the sky, the color of the grass, the color of the ground and trees around me. Those colors and the nature of those nature's colors have always appealed to me. And uh, they make me happy. That doesn't mean I can't appreciate 
someone having a spectacular, you know, chrome and black and gray home just isn't going to be how I live. So know that about yourself and make sure that you're feeding your soul and that you're happy in the environment to which you're putting yourself into. Have a great day, everyone. And again, if there was more thoughts on part one of this podcast that I didn't finish, I just realized the second I closed this podcast down that I had not finished this thought on the house and wanted to share that with you. Have a great day, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.